Welcome back to Reconsinimation. Thank you for joining us, guys. I'm John Diner. And I'm David Munchak. And we are here. We're, this is the show where we look at our favorite and not-so-favorite movies from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, the movies we grew up with, and we're going to check out how they hold up today. And I'm looking at my watch. Uh-oh. Oh, and my God. We don't have much time left. We don't have a lot of time here. 2018's about to end. 2018 is the clock is ticking down. We've got TikTok. I think we've got time for one show that we can squeeze in. Oh my god. Oh boy. Well, before before we get to it, let's just uh, real quick. Okay. We have a few friends we want to thank. Please. Uh, Curtis Moore. Curtis Moore came to the studio one day. David and I were having an issue, and when we have issues, we we take it up in the ring. So. Uh, <laughs> Curtis he, snapped a shot he, of us. As he always does, he just pulled out his sketch pad and just started. He's a he's also a courtroom, <laughs> yeah, you know, artist uh, on the side. He uh, just drew something real quick. So that was That's you guys it. may have seen this poster on on our social media sites. Uh, that was that was real. That's us. That's that, what that our, really that's happened. That's how we literally look. Yeah. Accurate artist description. Punching each other, but smiling while we do it. Always. Always smile. Always do the show with a smile. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Curtis, for capturing that moment of reality. Thanks, Curtis. Uh, thank you, E.K. Wimmer, our, our longtime friend, uh, for the theme music. And uh, we just want to we appreciate you guys and all the work you've done in 2018. We've had a great year so far and, and more to come in uh 2019 is that a, next that's next i think yeah i'll have to check the calendar i know i'm not positive about that but i only learned to count up to 50 so it's and this I is didn't 19, get that far. 1950 some odd years later yeah although how would i know that if i only could count up to 50 math <laughs> it's new <laughs> it's the new math <laughs> it's new math uh okay guys so on New Year's, this is New Year's Eve. This is our last show of the calendar year, but we've got much more to come next year. We're you're still probably, doing You're probably listening to this on New Year's Day. Yes. And there's only one thing that we think of on New Year's Day, mm-hmm. and it's this movie. His name is Sylvester Stallone. He's the star of a new film called Rocky. He's been described as tough, handsome, talented, sexy, sensitive, dynamic, brilliant. He's been compared to Nicholson, De Niro, and Brando, but he is Rocky. He's the man who could be loved by only one woman because somehow she gets beneath the pain. He's every nobody who ever needed somebody. Rocky, do you believe that America is the land of opportunity? Yeah. I'll break both your arms so they don't work for you! He's every man who ever settled for something less. What about my pride, Nick? At least you have pride. I ain't had no pride, I ain't had enough. How many get that? How many get that? Terrific, I mean, you could be a heartbreak. You walk down the street breaking hearts the way you're looking. Very shy. He's the man who never had a chance until now. Rocky. His whole life was a million to one shot. His name is Sylvester Stallone. 
but you will always remember him as Rocky. The main question is, who doesn't love Rocky? Rocky's, we're just both coming out to say, Rocky's great, we love it, see it every day, watch it every New Year's. It's an inspi- It's your definition of your inspirational film. Yeah, this but is it. In a way that I don't think it's really aged poorly, that yeah. you can watch it and still get that feeling. Yeah, this is, a, this is sort of a timeless tale. Almost like any myth or folk tale mm-hmm. where, you know, a, a your main character has to persevere against the odds. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't mean they have to succeed, but they it's it's more about the journey than the actual like perseverance. Yeah. Or success. And that's the core of this this film that resonates with anyone who's had a, um, that's had things to overcome. Yeah. And it, you know, and it, it, we'll get into this in a little bit, but it parallels Sylvester Stallone's career. Yeah. It's a rags to riches story. Um, you don't necessarily in the first Rocky get the riches end of it, but uh, you get a personal emotional uh, journey. Yeah. This is the Rocky. Well, what are we going to say? Should we? Are we talking the movie? Well, yeah. Let's. I mean, so sorry. <laughs> That, <laughs> Jumping ahead. We sort of have well, first an agenda, of all, folks. Wh- what do we got? First of all, we're talking about Rocky right now because Creed 2 has just come out, and that is uh, the continuing journey of the Rocky character. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this, most of this franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's had its ups and downs, and it's certainly changed the Rocky character throughout. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of come full circle. Uh, I, I I may be in the minority, but I'm not a huge fan of Creed. Mm. And I have yet to see Creed 2 all the way through. I know what happens in it. Uh, but the arc of the Rocky character himself, I think, is really well done. Okay. Um and we're going to we'll, we'll 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 cycle back to the original Rocky but the journey of that character uh I don't know he's he's gone through the ages and I really think it's he Sylvester Stallone has done a great job obviously he knows that character he is that character he knows how to uh keep that character relevant and I think what he's done with where where Rocky turned in Rocky Balboa uh was very real and where would if this were a real story where would this guy be what would happen to him along the way right um and when you get to rocky balboa he's not a he's when you get to rocky balboa he's not a rich you know super fancy uh character he's grounded in reality he's he's Got a little bit of money. He's not down and out, but he's not super wealthy. You know, like, look at boxers who were successful who have retired. Uh, where are they these days? Right. How do they, how, you know, how do they make ends meet? Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, you know, he's still in his heart. He wishes he could be that young guy still going at it. But he's not. And his body doesn't let him do that. Right. Uh, so he's going to kind of pass it on to the next generation. So, 
Well, that's a great summary of the sixth Rocky movie. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's a summary of all the Rocky movies. Holy shit. Uh, great. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's an amazing series of, of one man's journey through life uh, uh, it, as this kind of this this wannabe who makes good you know yeah. the and um you know going back to the origin going back to the very beginning of who rocky balboa was before he became anything i mean this guy this guy's a loser this guy is a bum this oh guy, yeah nobody likes rocky yeah he he's he's like 30 years old and he's he's gone nowhere does nothing knows a certain lifestyle He's got some talent to box, but he's not. He doesn't know how to position himself. He doesn't know how to uh, flourish in that talent. Yeah. And we we just appear in a moment in his life, right before things change. And that's you know you don't need what his life was like before. He's yeah. living that life, yeah. and you know exactly what it is. You don't know. I mean, you really get very little to almost no information about Rocky's previous life. Like we're, like you said, we're just we're joining up with him in a snapshot of his life in the moment. Uh, we don't know anything about his upbringing. We don't know about his parents, right. any siblings he may have had, where he lived, what that was like. You get a sense that he's had a sad. He's had a sad life. He hasn't had any breaks. He's yeah. he's just been fighting against it the whole time. Yeah. And we're just joining him like right at almost the bottom of his of his run. Yeah, because if this magical moment, this magical miracle moment of being recruited to to fight Apollo Creed didn't happen, you know, where would he you know, where would Rocky have ended up? He still would have been a uh, a strong arm, you know, hustler yeah, a guy, a loosely like, associated gangster. Yeah, you know? I mean, he just would have been another one of those guys that never left the neighborhood, never made good on any of his talents. Probably end up in a lot of trouble. Um, but he's a he's a good natured guy and, yeah. a, and a, a good soul. But he's got nothing else. He, you know, he can only use the talents he has, which is to be sort of the toughest guy in the room, uh, but also with a lot of heart and a lot of. Um, understanding of people and that he can endure yeah and you know they he's played off as maybe not unintelligent but i'd say on uneducated um and very much like with a lot of base instincts a street smart guy street smart yeah. but kind and uh certainly not someone who you know like you know we saw him even though he's a tough guy collecting money he doesn't break the guy's thumb because you know he doesn't he doesn't want to hurt the guy. Yeah, you know? that's not his style. That's not that's not Rocky. That's not Rocky. So you, you learn a lot of about who this guy is based on on the people he interacts with as he walks through that neighborhood. Yeah, uh, all these people that we don't get to learn their names or what they do, but he knows everybody in his neighborhood. Mm-hmm. He talks to them like they're brothers and sisters, and it's it's a really like you're diving deep. I mean, this is deep Philadelphia yeah. neighborhood stuff. And, you know, you can relate to that on some level, but certainly I'm sure the people of Philadelphia look at, at this of like, they all know, a guy, they, they all know guys like this, yeah. you know, just one of those guys, the, per, a perennial, um, uh, every man, every man yeah. is, will never go away. And we're talking about this movie because, uh, we've got the new, the latest edition in the franchise, uh, Creed two has uh, just come out, 
and is doing well and we we're, we're still in 2018 going into 2019 still seeing the continuing journey of the Rocky Balboa character right. and the arc that it's that it's gone through over the years but uh do you remember I mean what was the first time you saw do you remember the first time you saw Rocky I can't I don't I don't remember because I probably saw some of the sequels first Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. this came out before I was born. We would have been like when we were becoming of the age of watching, of understanding movies. This was ten years. Rocky old. Four would have been about yeah. to come out. Yeah, I think Rocky Four is my probably my first Rocky movie, honestly. And then you know catching up on the others, like Mr. T was in a was who fought Rocky, like what? Hulk Hogan's in a Rocky in, movie in the same movie. Oh my god, I love this. So, um and then wherever I saw Rocky, I mean like all of all four the first four were pretty much they are just sort of a mess of gelatin and like just swirling around. Yeah. I have no clue. Like it's not like let's pop. We didn't own the Rocky movies. Like let's pop in Rocky too. Mm-hmm. Like it's, that never happened. So it was a bit limited availability and exposure, and you know very mixed up. So I don't know. And then I hadn't I haven't sat down to watch Rocky in years until to re-review it for this movie or for this episode. Excuse me. Um, so the first time I ever saw it, I have no idea how long ago that was. I mean. It's, you know, I probably was always going to gravitate more to a Rocky Four, you know. Oh, of course. There's, there's, there's sort of like, especially growing up when we did, it was like Rocky One and Two were one kind of Rocky movie, and Rocky Three and Four were a different kind of Rocky movie, much more popular. Um, I remember, I Rocky Three was the first one that I really remember, and I just remember it being ultimate eighties, ultimate, you know, cool. Like Rocky was awesome in that movie, and yeah. and he fought Mr. T twice and Hulk Hogan. Yeah, uh, at the at Hulk Hogan's prime, nineteen eighty. You know, uh, I saw it in eighty five, but it came out in eighty two. Uh, and this was really the movie that segueing for a second. This is what like really launched what we call Hulkamania. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is what kickstarted that. Sure. This is what started him being popular in wrestling was Rocky Rocky three. Uh, but yeah, Rocky, the first Rocky and kind of the second were always rainy day movies for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a handful of movies that were ones I just were either always on when it was a, a rainy day and it was stuck inside or something that yeah. for one reason or another, I would always throw on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was definitely one of them. Yeah. And as a kid, I always like Rocky one and two. I always thought were slow moving, uh, you know, harder to just kind of stay with. And Rocky three and four were the exciting action movies, yeah. you know, like in Rocky one and two, everything builds towards one fight at the end. Right. Rocky three, you start with one fight real quick and then you get at least two more during the movie. Yeah, ups the a- action. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You're going to get a good fight. Yeah, things had changed greatly between 76 and 82. Well, and talking, you know, sort of researching the movie and the franchise and stuff, and I hadn't really thought about it, but people basically talk about how the series gets campier as you go. Yes. That it's pure camp. And I hadn't really thought of that using that oh, yeah. word as that, that descriptor of how it's changed, but it completely makes sense. Well, the, the, the Rocky Balboa in 3 and 4. Yeah. 
is not the Rocky from one and two, mm-hmm. and not the Rocky in Rocky Balboa. Right. We don't talk about Rocky Five, by the way, on this show. We go from four to Rocky Balboa. I love it. <laughs> I love there's, it. There's, it's kind of, I don't love it, but it's <laughs> it's kind of similar it's a weird to thing. it's kind of similar to Halloween to me that there's these different uh, continuities right. that you could make an argument that there's a continuity of one, two, goes straight to Rocky Balboa, yeah. and it doesn't matter what happened in there. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I. I, I Okay, I haven't seen Rocky Balboa. Sorry, but well, uh, it happened people, after two thousand, so <laughs> you wouldn't have. But as I, as again in the research, people say it's like largely ignores the sequels in a sense. Not that it has, not that it it's explicitly on purpose doing that, but mm-hmm. it's not germane to the story. Like, right, it's really who the guy in Rocky one is and where he might be. 30, exactly. 35 years. Yeah. It's a real, it's another like snapshot of this guy's life. Like where would he be? And there's a lot of callbacks to Rocky one. Yeah. Uh, I want to, I've been meaning to watch this Rocky Balboa a lot. Like, if, if you like, if you like Rocky, I highly recommend Rocky Balboa. I love Rocky. And then, and then Creed just to follow like where, what happens to Rocky? Because you can't not care. You can't watch this movie and not care about him. You know, like that's it's kind of shoved down your throat. Like, (laughs) well, yeah. I mean, this is this is a character movie. Yeah, this is about a person. I think it's called Rocky. I think it's called Rocky. And I, um, guys, at the by the end of this show, if you could uh, tweet us how many times we say the word Rocky in this episode, I'm already sick of it. Let's try to go the rest of the show without saying the word Rocky, the name Rocky. The main character, <laughs> portrayed by <laughs> and Adrian, go on a date. Um, but just to rewind, so like, go the first. I remember seeing this as a little kid for me, yeah. And then I rediscovered it in high school when it came out on video. There was a box set of the first five Rocky movies. Oh damn! Oh, I said it. I said it. Rocky. Well, Rocky Five came out in 1990. That was our. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was for us. That Rocky Unfo- Five was for Unfortunately, us. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> so I had the box set, and in high school, I hadn't watched it in a long time, and fell back in love with it. Yeah. And then again, when I moved to Los Angeles, I saw. I went to a screening uh, at the Directors Guild, and Ooh. it was a great, really nice theater. The whole cast was there. Garrett Brown, who ran the steady cam, was there. Oh wow. And it was just it was a really great it was oh. a great place to see it. Obviously yeah. you're with everybody in, in the moment. Everyone who and then they're And people makers. were going crazy. Like yeah. during the fight, like people were out of their seats. Like it was it was incredible to watch how the the emotional reaction that that movie could still elicit mm-hmm. th- at the time was thirty something years later. Right. 20 something well, uh, there's later. a timelessness to it and it's something that's lived through multiple generations now and uh like i said this this sort of folk story folk myth kind of thing whether you know you can look at it and be critical of its simplicity or whatever that's what most folk stories are it's very basic you know you, you take a basic story of a, a person's journey and how they're impacted as, mm-hmm. the, as they go and yeah how they persevere and that's that's why this movie works and is um the, you know i guess you can't say it's mostly timeless in in fact that it's vi- in the way it's visually presented because it's a movie it's you know it's of its time 
but um, the story and the character, you could read this guy. You could read about this guy in a book, yeah, or in a po- an epic poem. And there's nothing still that be really, touched. other than you know, it's one of the, it's another one of those movies that, other than hair, makeup, wardrobe, there's nothing that right. really ties it to the '70s. Right. It, it could work just as easily now, and and you see them trying to do that with the Creed movies. Sure. Um, but uh, it, I gotta say, you should go. You didn't care for Creed, and you saw it. Well, okay. Just quick, Let's, just quickly, because you said it, and I just wanted to address it, because we're not going to talk about those movies. But you saw Creed and don't care for it, or just not into it. Or I was this? more into the Rocky Balboa element of Creed. Sure, that his story in that movie is fantastic. Michael B. Jordan is fine. Yeah. Um, it felt a little more forced. That like, yeah, it, it's being shoved down my throat. That like, he's okay, we're doing, we're redoing Rocky. Like we're redoing Rocky. He's, yeah, it's. It, it just felt more forced. But I, I don't want to get into super detail. But, but even if you okay, but I, if, I want. But if Rocky was, didn't exist, that's still even. You know, sure. Adonis yeah. Creed. That's still a good story. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, like yeah. his everything about and, Creed and, is great. And as that per- as, as Creed Two is coming out, I'm I'm into it, and I and I haven't seen Creed Two yet, and I really want to. Yeah. Um, I'm just really like I'm more interested to see to track Rocky and like. Sure. To me, it's Rocky's journey. Yeah, but it's called Creed. It is called Creed. So, I but it's Rocky still part of. It's still part of that franchise, and and. Until Rocky is not no longer in it, that that's where I'm invested. Gotcha. Okay. All right. And, just... make, and I think what his character does in Creed, and from what I hear, Creed Two, it's very logical. Like that is that is the line that that character would be doing probably yeah. in real life. Well, that's, so I'm okay with that. Well, isn't that sort of what they would say about Rocky and Rocky Two? Like, mm-hmm. you know, what's the next logical step of right. a guy who? It's who the that? it's the transition. What what doesn't work is the transition from two to three i don't think there's anybody that would argue that that rocky changes between two and three got it yeah yeah and then it's like three and four happen and then four we don't we don't talk about five uh (laughs) and you're back in rocky balboa that we've had a shift here yeah um so gotcha yeah so i just wanted to touch on that really quick Uh, but rocky's coming out at a really interesting time it's uh we've talked about this before the gritty 1970s uh 70s oh yeah yes. it's like you and marvel and me in the 70s um i wasn't saying that with an eye roll like you do every time i, I know you're trying to like iron everything. man 2 is so good and you're like uh eye roll uh french connection uh. <laughs> i'm like uh <laughs> but this is like sort of a, a shining Hollywood story that comes out in the midst of all these like really dark gritty 70s films sure yeah um, so it stands out and it's the one that works works the, best oh, well I think it works best yeah but they're all I mean you still have got some great compelling movies at this no, point I'm talking right? about like typical studio Hollywood films versus the darker uh, versions of those in the 70s. Like you're saying this is more of a blockbuster? Yeah. In a sense of yes. that time? Yeah. But was it? No. I mean, it, it turned out to be. It turned out to be. I don't but think it's not it was like a, this was a big deal. No, it was a low budget. I mean, 
as actually as far as I read a lot of the hype of Rocky probably because they knew they had like a hit on their hands after it was done. The hype machine was pretty big at yeah. the time, but no one knew. I mean, especially when they spent so little money on it and with an unknown star. Right. But you know, it doesn't matter if the guy's a known quantity, if it's a good movie and it's star making. So, yeah. Um, so I get that. Like, you know, hindsight makes it a certain way. Exactly. Like, yeah. But it, they uh, that's know. all in hindsight. Yeah. Though. Okay. Yeah. All right. So just uh, you know, yeah. just sort of touching on that. But yeah, this is a this is this movie made a ton of cash mm. uh, and resonated with audiences for for a very long time, um, especially like in that time period of everyone. Yeah. Everyone in society is having a f- hard time. Like, well, you're in that. This is the thing about this movie. Um, you're in a post Vietnam era mm-hmm. there is just as far as if you look at the 70s films in general there's there's sort of a dark cloud over all of them mm-hmm. uh and, and and i do think that a lot of it relates to vietnam and the mentality of things were shifting people were very anti-government through the nixon era yeah. uh there was a rebellious period especially with the the younger audience um so there was sort of a anti-establishment thing going on and rocky comes out and it's a little bit more of a wholesome movie it doesn't have that it it's when the movie starts you've got you do have a dark outlook on everything but by the end everything is very positive it's an uplifting movie yeah uh that so many of that most of the 70s films uh didn't have that got it it was a dark ending it was was a negative ending you know, it was a, uh, it was very, uh, just a downer. Well, and and I and I think this film is so interesting that it's it's not about Rocky succeeding and becoming a millionaire star guy. All he had to do for him to win was to serve, to make it through all fifteen yeah. rounds, and he did that. He, so yeah. he lost he lost the match, but he did exactly what he set out to do, and he you know and he was very explicit about yeah. that, and like. And that's, you know, that's a more realistic thing about anyone living a, a you know, a lo- their life. It's not like I need to be the CEO of the company I work for. It's like, no, I want to squeak out a living and raise my kids right and send them to college and, and you know, retire, ha- like having a family who will always be with me. Like, that's sort of the basic dream. You know, you just sort of American dream. Mm-hmm. And Rocky's story is an American story. To be an underdog your whole life. And in the current, and to be handed your shot, you know, you, a moment, you only get like you know, Hamilton, Hamilton or Eminem or mm-hmm. all those. Stuff. Sometimes just that 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 turn making experience happens, and you either do it or you don't. Yeah, you know. And but as long as you give everything you got, you have to be proud of what you do. So this is again that folk tale, and mm-hmm. this is what Rocky had to do yeah it it's because his name rhymed that apollo creed picked him out of a book i mean his nickname italian stan yeah like loves it because because rocky is marketable that's why marky rocky gets a shot mm-hmm. didn't matter anything yeah pure chance yeah it's complete chance yeah. like so and as much as it's unlikely that something like this ever happens uh miracle you know quote unquote miracles do happen random things that give people an opportunity well and 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 this was sort of this is based in reality i mean this was 
This is based on a, and there have been arguments, and Sylvester Stallone might argue this as well, but uh, in theory, this was based on a Chuck Wepner, uh, Muhammad Ali fight that happened um, in 1975. That uh, Wepner was a, you know, younger, lower-ranked, up-and-coming boxer that Muhammad Ali who was unstoppable at this point this super charismatic uh, larger than life figure needed competition and uh, basically picked this guy essentially out of a hat and uh, and he went the distance he went 15 rounds he uh, went I think what was it 19 seconds in the before the last round ended yeah I mean that, and that's huge because Ali was knocking people out in the first round yeah. constantly, and Ali was never knocked down, and right? He, and Wapner knocked him down. Right? Yeah, and so. this guy like went the distance. He knocked not only knocked him down, but he made it just about through, through the to entire the fight. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, he and he had talked. Stallone had talked about how after that fight. I mean, it's it's come up in so many interviews and reviews of that, like that Wapner. Wepner wanted he sued right Wepner ended up suing him as yeah. the the real Rocky but yeah. uh, which I get it it's like sometimes you he took inspiration from you know what was happening sure. in culture media culture sports at the time and kind of copied it it's sort of like what would you really have come up with that if you never yeah, saw but that, that happens fight? all over I mean there's so many well you're inspired by you know you can be inspired art is inspired by it's not like his things. name's Chuck yeah or Wepner Wepner yeah Rocky. No, not as catchy of a franchise I mean, Rocky Balboa what a perfect name yeah can we just talk about that for a second well Rocky comes from uh, Rocky Gra- yeah and what's his face Balboa wasn't there a Balboa who uh... well Balboa is a a street in Los Angeles. That's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more than that. Isn't there That's a different it. boxer named something Balboa? No, is that no right? I don't. Th- I don't. I can't recall. I don't know. Uh, but the movie is modeled after. Uh, it's a mix of. It's a mix of a few different characters. Uh, Rocky Marciano. Yeah. Uh, then Marlon Brando's character in On the Waterfront, and somebody up there likes me. It's sort of a mishmash of all those characters into one, and you've got Rocky Balboa. Okay. Uh, who and I? <laughs> Sorry. Well, no, yeah, right, exactly. Like that. It's clear that's where the inspiration yeah. comes from. If you're a film fan, you'll know on the waterfront. Of course. You have to. Of course. Or you'll fail this course. Get out of my office. <laughs> <laughs> um. In creating the story, Sylvester Stallone supposedly wrote this over a weekend. Yeah, three days or something. Yeah, I can see that. Well, I think this is a story that if it's it's very um, there's a through line here. So if you, I could see as a writer getting in a rhythm, you could kind of work through this arc very very quickly. Yeah, because I mean, you hit the beats of it's Rocky's story, so hit the beats for his story. Mm-hmm. And then fill in the gap, sort of. Well, yeah, you, you know, and then how he's touching everyone else's life, and how they're, they're all tangentially related, and how they change, and then you fill in the dialogue. It's, I mean, that's just what you do. You outline the whole story. Where do you? How do you get from A to B to C? And then, you know, 
a lot of this film is a lot of walking through <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's a lot of non-dialogue what goes on yeah there's amazing some amazing scenes that obviously that probably took the most effort to really get the tone down but you know especially with mickey and uh well there's a lot of um they do capture the tone really well yeah john avildsen but uh, it's i think it's a mix between john avildsen and stallone's writing and performance and bill butler the dp it's a classic collab among all the all the people who are making that film well they really nail like one thing that always stood out to me is his loneliness in the mm-hmm. in the first quarter of the movie. Yeah, they really do a good job, and, and part of it's the music as well. Mm-hmm. That what, especially that shot where he's looking in the mirror and, and he's looking at that at that picture of him as a as a kid. Yeah, and just that that clean faced kid who's not all fucked up and he's all bandaged and yeah. swollen and has no idea where his life's going. I mean, he lives in an apartment. He doesn't. If you look closely, and this is a detail that you really have to look for, he doesn't even have, he like he may not have gas on his in the stove on his. Oh, yeah, he, he's not cooking anything. Okay, that's why yeah. he one of the reasons he eats the raw eggs because he can't cook the eggs to make. <laughs> yeah, like okay. There's yeah, a, there's some small that. details in there that he yeah. is he couldn't be more down. Right. right. And he's at this point where he's just really looking at, like, how did everything go so wrong for me? Yeah. And we don't know about his past. So it we don't matter. Know. And it doesn't matter because where we see him now, that's all that matters. It, it, we don't need the origin story. This is the origin story of, of a guy. He starts at the bottom. He starts at the bottom. We don't need a bullshit story of, oh, his parents died in a car accident. He was left alone as a teenager. Yeah. Like, we don't need and that. that stuff can be interesting in a story, mm-hmm. but though this story of what his journey is in this film doesn't require that stuff. Yeah. And uh, I think that's that's what's so good about this. It's so 70s, right? Sort of this yeah. tragic guy living his life, oppressed by the society he lives in, in a sense, but doesn't it's not like he's taking up a big cause the biggest thing he can do in his life is to just go 15 rounds that's yeah. the biggest achievement he will ever get and that's all he wants after it's been presented to him because he he doesn't have aspirations to become the best if he really wanted to train really get those hot matches he would have been engaging with Mickey or I found a manager I found mm. someone to get him better bookings but all he, all he is is just sort of this guy who goes through life, and the best thing he can do is be an average boxer. Yeah, like that's that's the best, and I think that's kind of the the thing of a lot of people back then, or, or you know even today, is just that's the best you can hope for. I mean, I we grew up in a time where we were told you can do anything, right? You know, you can be president, you can do anything, but you, you know, and, and I have been, and you have, and you succeeded, but it. He comes from a generation of just survive, man. Like, do your best. Like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's to me, it's like that moment where he sees his picture as a kid. It's kind of like summed up there. Like, I was this beautiful kid who had everything going for him. I, that's all said without dialogue. And now I'm this at the bottom. Yeah. And where can I go from here? Yeah. I'm 30 years old and I'm washed out. I've got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And that, 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 fight in the very the first scene is him fighting spider rico spider rico yeah and uh and there's like 
20 people watching and this arena, you know, yeah. this dimly lit arena and mm-hmm. what's it all worth? Yeah, and I mean, he's done with the fight. He asks a guy for a smoke and then some woman just yells at him off screen, you're a bum. Like, Jesus Christ. He won the fight. He's a bum. Like, yeah. And this is a woman who probably goes to the fights every every mm-hmm. week and knows that he is not really, he's not, he might have some bit of talent, but yeah. he he's garbage. Like, he barely won that fight. And this sort of mirrored where Stallone was himself yeah. uh, at this point. He he didn't. He was sort of at rock bottom. Like yeah. he he knew he had one chance. He had a story that was he was emotionally invested in. That if he couldn't sell this, it wasn't going to work for him. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think it was something like he had dozens of unsold scripts. Like once he started, he's being he's an actor in Hollywood. He's not getting anything good. The one thing he's a lead in is a flop. And then, so he's writing for himself, writing for, and he can't sell anything. I mean, you know, and Stallone's a smart guy. Yeah. A talented guy, obviously. Obviously, like. And he still can't get a fucking break. And then it happens. I mean, he writes the one, he writes the story he knows. Yeah. You know, in three days or whatever. Well, as a writer, if you look at Sylvester Stallone as a writer. Let's talk about it. He knows a formula. He knows how to make a formula work. Yeah. And he's gone back to it. And it and it does work. I, and I think the modern versions of these stories, whether it's Rocky Balboa or, or Creed or Rambo, uh, he knows how to continue that those characters. Right. Because they're close to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's always what's worked best for him is a character that's real. And he's found reality and some version of reality in both those characters. Yeah. Um, I mean, he even sold his, uh, as we saw later in the film, the dog Butkus. That was Stallone's real dog that he couldn't afford to keep the dog and sold it with the acknowledgement that, like, if he could make this movie, he's going to get that dog back. Yeah. And the, the happy story is that he did. Yeah. Yeah, the, he couldn't. He couldn't afford to keep the dog. He didn't want the dog to starve to death. I'll give him away, and if I can get him back, yeah. And apparently, he paid an exorbitant price to get him back. Oh yeah, like but that. he did it. But he did it because he could. I, that's, that's fantastic. I love that. So Stallone <laughs> is uh, he writes a script very quickly. He's shopping it around Hollywood. It's kind of going from producer to pr- to producer, uh, and it ends at United Artists with. Uh, with Erwin Winkler and Robert Chardoff, who are coming off a bunch of gritty movies that I really... More movies I can't wait to cover for this show because they are just so cool and interesting. Yeah. Point blank. Uh, they they shoot horses, don't they? The mechanic, the gambler. Mm-hmm. Great, you know, very character-driven, dark movies uh, that are stay true to the 70s films of just... Uh, not your your lead characters are not always going to have a happy ending, right? Um, so they're coming off that, and they read the script. They were like, "This is going to be a great movie for somebody else, for Robert Redford, for Ryan O'Neill, Burt Reynolds, James Caan, all those like leading man types." Uh, this is going to be really fantastic for them. This these, is these bankable stars. These, yeah. These these men of hollywood these men like yeah yeah with uh, movie star looks and handsome and good looking and yeah 
but who can be who are real you know people that people love to watch and stallone held to his guns and and wouldn't wouldn't let go of the film he wouldn't let go of the project it it uh he knew that he was the person to play Rocky Balboa. Yeah. If it was ever going to be real, if it was ever going to do what it could do, he had to play him. So he actually took a, he took actually a huge pay cut to do this character. Right. But the smartest thing he did was he took points instead. He didn't just take the pay cut. Oh, but, okay. So uh, he, he got uh, a little more, tied into this movie financially yeah smart guy understood the business understands the business he's been in it for a while yeah and and if you look at stallone's career i mean he's 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 a smart businessman he's he's known what works for him and he's been able to make it work he's had several comebacks uh and most recently with the the expendables movies that yeah, maybe he's older, but he could make a story out of being an older action yeah. guy. Yeah. And you know what? Round up all his action friends. Yeah. Like Chuck Norris. I've only seen the original, The Expendables. And boy, that was a good time at the yeah. movies. That was a lot of fun. That was fun, and I, I've heard two and three are fun. Yeah. Uh, I I did see them, but I need to rewatch them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's kind of forgettable, not in a bad way, but just sort of... You know, you're not you're not going home uh, with like, oh, yeah. this blew my mind. This changed me. This changed me as a film watcher. But he's always been a smart businessman, and he knew that Rocky was a uh, marketable character, and and was willing to kind of put it all out there for that for that role. Yeah. So good for him. He had done Stallone at this point in '76. He had done The Lords of Flatbush, yeah. uh, co-starring Henry Winkler. Well, we love Henry. Winkler. We love Henry. Who doesn't love Henry the Winkler? Nicest man in showbiz. By the way, he is the nicest man in showbiz. That's what everybody says. And not only an icon, just a fantastic guy. Oh, awesome! Uh, and Death Race two thousand, which was a Roger Corman movie. Yes, I uh, I've not seen this movie. You're lying. I saw the remake. <laughs> no comments. <laughs> Uh, they hire John G. Avildsen to direct the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was coming off a movie called Joe, uh, which is Classic. a crazy. Look up this movie. Peter Boyle starring in the movie Joe. Mm. Uh, very dark 70s movie. If you're a fan of Rolling Thunder, it's uh, very much along those lines. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> and he, he directed a movie called Save the Tiger. Uh, which was another that was uh, an Oscar, a very Oscar-friendly film. So this was an opportunity to kind of for him to kind of extend his uh, his career as far as as sure. it was going. We've got Talia Shire in the cast, who Come is on. coming off of Godfather One and Two, Beautiful. an Oscar nomination for Godfather Two. Great character in Connie Corleone. Uh, who was trying to step out on her own. The the Godfather roles were very tied in with her brother, Francis Ford Coppola. So I think at this point she wanted to do something for herself. Mm-hmm. And really, like this is the character that was her career performance. Mm-hmm. I think people more resonate with Adrian than 
Kai, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's a much more popular character. Yeah. Um, and a more iconic role. Yeah, I mean, because she gets a little more of a spotlight and a yeah. more of a, you know, she's very important to Rocky's story. Um, yeah, well, she's a lot of the motivation, especially as you get into Rocky two and and some of the later movies. Oh. Like three and four? Three. Maybe five? Four. Five. Some of the later. Wait. No, there was no Rocky five. Okay. <laughs> she was she was important in Rocky two and and such. But <laughs> And a- Adrian is just, she's a great character. She's tr- she shows real vulnerability. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, not, it's not, I'm not discounting the performance, but boy. Why is he so enamored with her? Like, let let's talk real talk. What is it about her? He can't stop true love. I mean, and part. I mean, and this is a very modern look at it. But I'm like, if if you didn't know a lot, you'd say are both Rocky and Adrian both kind of on the spectrum a little bit? Like they that they possibly that they could connect in a way that you know they're both not able to interact with the world. But and then as the movie goes on, you realize like once they connect with each other, they're both kind of naturally together, like natural yeah. acting. Yeah. But the the fact that she just completely breaks down every time he walks into the pet shop, like that she can't look at him. She, she, she's yeah. wearing glasses. She's just so mousy. And it's a little. little. I'm like, what the like, damn girl. And then as soon as she stays over. She's like normal girl. Like, hey, what's up? Like, yeah. he's my boyfriend. Like, yeah. I don't wear glasses anymore. Not, again, like, well, there's a comfort in, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, I think he identifies with her being lonely and yes. her being excluded. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, I don't know. I want to say that was an attractive quality, but uh, there's something that, that he was drawn to and identified with. Well, and I think people who, let's say are damaged in a certain way are going to be drawn to people with a similar damage mm-hmm. that is very apparent. Yeah. And, like I totally but, understand but once that. that well, and then once that wall is sort of taken down and the two characters, you know, yeah. meet, meet, understand each other. Yeah. Then that they realize there's gonna, more to each other. Exactly. And mm-hmm. she's going to feel more comfortable. Like that will build her up so she can stand up to Polly when he's being a, fucking dick to them yeah that he loses his south philly mind on <laughs> like drunk and with a bat but uh yeah and uh speaking of paulie played by burt young yeah the ever talented who's still going Does and has stop. played many great characters we've talked about burt young Love burt you young. can dig him out of our archives in our back to school episode that's right remember that one uh it seems like forever I listen, ago i listen to it every week <laughs> Hey, <laughs> Rodney. You know, <laughs> Rocky says you know a lot too. <laughs> Rocky, Rodney, Rocky, mm. Rodney. Hey, uh, I'm Rocky, Bert- Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, huh? I like to rap. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, keep going. <laughs> Bert Young uh, appeared in Chinatown and The nope. Gambler. No kidding. Couple of James Con things here. He was in The Gambler with James Caan. He was in The Killer Elite with James Caan and Robert Duvall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burt Young was a... Uh, I wouldn't say he's the most wide-ranging character actor. He's kind of Burt Young all the time. He's kind of Burt Young all the time, but yeah. he fits in this, this, and this. Yeah, you know? yeah. Smart guy. Knows what he's doing. I will fits say he was character. fantastic in season three of The Sopranos. 
David hasn't gotten that far, but we'll get there. I haven't. I probably won't. Go on. He will. I will make it. I've seen th- um, some of season one and all of season two. Not in that order. <laughs> uh, we've got, as going down the cast list, we've got Burgess Meredith, who plays Mickey. He was never a... Yeah, never. Mickey's irrelevant to the plot. Let's just move Character on. Character and actor, don't know. <laughs> Uh, most people at this point knew Mickey from, or knew Mickey. Oh, I yeah, did it. See? Burgess Meredith. Disrespect. From uh, his role as the Penguin in, in the Batman TV series. Sure. Which was funny because that was just, it was just so not Burgess Meredith. <laughs> yeah. Like when you, th- I don't know, when I think of Burgess Meredith, I think of obviously Mickey and a few other movies. Yeah. Penguin is like sort of a separate deal because it's so dramatic, so over the top, so campy. Yeah, so silly, like, in that costume and with his sort of catchphrase of just how he, like, kind of squawks as he's talking and all of that. Like, how, like these legit, like, really good actors were on that show, like, playing just the, the crazy costume. Peter Ustinov, there's, there's a ton of great actors on there. That's what's amazing. Vincent Price. About, that's what's amazing about that, that Batman series, which I don't care for, but it's very interesting. <laughs> but it is interesting. <laughs> But uh, well, we all know Burgess Meredith. We all know from GI Joe the movie. Of course, yeah, yes. we all know. As... He played Rawhide. Is that a, is that a yep. character? Raw Riptide. Raw Rawhide. Rawhide. No. He, he played. But but he we all know. Gunsmith. <laughs> Number five. Uh, and Burgess Meredith, though, by the way, fantastic in this movie. Well, really. His, what what we what? only get a little bit and a little bit and then we get the scene and he's he just just railroads through it's his scene and he's amazing like it's wow there's so much about uh again i go back to like this movie is so real for me and i think a lot of people that's why Burgess Meredith stood in your kitchen well no there's so many there's so many small details yeah um whether just art department related stuff like the grunginess, the the grittiness, the realness of the the, the locations and the buildings that they're in, yeah. the dirt on the walls, the you know, yeah, you could feel like when Mickey's coming up the the stairs to Rocky's place or when he's going down the stairs, like you can feel feel that stairwell, like it just feels Creaking. like a real place. Yeah, it's, it's not a real, it's not like a studio made set that was built. Yeah. You look at Burgess Meredith's face. He's got cauliflower ears. I believe he was a boxer as yeah. a as when he was younger. Like there there's there's something there. There's there's a real person. He doesn't look like a Hollywood actor. He's not all made up. There's real scars, you know, that are there. Mm-hmm. He's a real person. Yeah. And he comes to he comes to Rocky just living he's just desperate. He's desperate yeah. for one last thing. Well, this is it. This is this is his chance, and and he doesn't along with Rockies, and he doesn't make the ask. The whole like you know he explains his origins, like he explains what the last fifty years of his life were, hoping to engender some sort of sympathy, yeah, without having to make the ask. And Rocky understands exactly what he's doing, and Rocky, you know, he felt neglected by Mick the whole time. Yeah, well, when the movie opens, I mean, Rocky uh, is being kicked out of his regular locker that he's rented and paid for probably yeah. Yeah, for however long i think and, six years or something yeah, yeah. and so then he's he, been there he's just booted out mickey has no relationship with him 
Uh, and Mickey is at the end of his rope and is desperately looking for somebody uh, that has true talent that he could not just get behind it. He, he's not looking to mooch off of. He's just his prime has come and gone. Yeah. And he's looking for that spotlight just to be a part of that energy again. Yeah. Well, and there's something about that because in, in Mickey's world, he's the biggest. That's his gym or, or Rocky Trains. He's the biggest deal. Not that, 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 that he's running on ego the whole time. But as soon as Rocky gets the one in a million shot, he, this, is, this, is, this is Mickey's opportunity. And he's going to, without shame, ask for it. Yeah. That he's going he's to go, this is the only chance that I and, – and he's trying to show, I can give it to you. I can give you the things I can give you by being your manager, the things you'll get. He's just pleading. And it's like – it's so weird because he has so much power over Rocky, this old man who, you know, as an old man – who's certainly in a position of being wiser and with more power and all of that. And suddenly because of Rocky's opportunity, that doesn't matter. Mickey's got nothing. And he comes to him pathetically. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's almost pathetic. Oh, when Mickey comes to Rocky. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It's absolutely. so like, he's almost begging. And I love that. They basically, he makes his case and then he, Rocky shuns him. And then Rocky has to, he goes through all of his feelings. He just monologues, screaming to a door, not knowing Mickey can hear yeah. him. And he's got to work through all his feelings. And once he realizes, like, that's all he needed to do. That's yeah. all it took. Well, there, there. Then he chases after him, and you don't need to know what he they said, but which is it's so perfect. Uh, yeah, there's there's so much I love about that scene. You're you're totally right. I mean, they they realize that they're they get to a human core level and they realize that they're in the same place. Yeah. Like that. This is it. This is it. This is their chance. You can either do this together or separate and fail. Yeah. Um, and, and like you said, when he runs out and catches them on the street and you don't need to know what they say, it's better. You don't know what they said. Yeah. Um, but you know that they've realized that they've bonded without trying. Yeah. They, they worked out the issues on their own together <laughs> it's like it's such a such a beautiful thing and it has and it's what i love about it is nothing of it is it couched in too much emotionality that is forced and nothing in a like a protective masculine mm-hmm. way that they're all extremely both of them are extremely vulnerable at their most vulnerable without trying to without being ashamed of it well mickey's essentially exposed himself yeah, by going there. Rocky's never seen Mickey in this way, and and the, that scene initially plays like, okay, Mickey's a mooch. Yeah, yeah. Well, you and the thing is, you but you didn't know that until he really started getting into it. Because well, because he owns that gym. He he's trying to encourage that other talent. People are paying him for that privilege, so he's kind of he's the biggest deal in Rocky's life. And then you realize, huh? He's he's not a big deal at all. No, he's like any other schmo in Philly. Yeah, you know, and oh, and he's just you know the movie opens and he's just being a dick to Rocky. Right, like just couldn't be more rude. Yeah, doesn't care. So you're not emotionally behind him until this scene. And and I mean they that that scene goes on. You you get to live and breathe with them. It's so perfect. You don't you need that. You can't. You couldn't have done that in a page and a half. You had to let that play out. Uh, so anyway, so just you know, I know we're sort of just jumping around with me saying that, but I think it's important that you know Burgess Meredith just 
could bring it like nobody oh, else yeah. was going to bring it. Yeah. To that. Until he did Grumpy Old Men, and then you just saw the next level of Burgess Meredith. My God. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's Burgess Meredith. Uh, a couple other actors. Who else uh, is in this movie? Carl Weathers. Who? Carl Weathers. You know. Oh, was he in a Terminator movie? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's great in that. We already talked about Carl in The Predator. Or not The Predator, but Predator. Predator. Check it out in our archives. <laughs> Love Carl. Anytime you want. www.reconcinimation.com. But this is Carl Weathers. Not He's at a... This is really his first big movie. Turn, yeah. Right? Yeah, he like, was a football player who, um, like many of them, had to retire due to injuries. Uh, and he had a... in football? Nobody gets hurt in football. Nobody. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It doesn't hurt them. No, they're all good. No leg injuries. No head, neck injuries. No brain injuries. injuries. Yeah. Oh. Nothing that leads to suicide. Or... Uh, <sighs> but he actually was not the first choice for this movie. It was Ken Norton Sr., who was a, uh, another popular boxer of the day. Yeah. His son later went on to fame as uh, Ken Norton Jr. <laughs> KNJ. <laughs> Got it. Uh but Carl replaced him because they really needed they really needed an actor who well someone who could act. Yeah. Ken Norton senior was a was a, a popular athlete but not an actor. Yeah. So they needed an, they kind of shifted gears and said we need an actor who looks like an athlete. Mm-hmm. And to me when someone says that I say you better get Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. He does great work in this movie. Glad he was there. And he really did. Carl Weathers is, I think, underrated. I think uh, he sort of gets forgotten that um, you talk about acting-wise, you talk about Stallone, you talk about Burgess Meredith, Talia Shire. Carl Weathers did a fucking fantastic job as uh, a very similar character to Muhammad Ali. Yeah. The sort of boisterous media savvy business savvy person who who is exploiting where he is in his career yeah to make the most bucks i mean a lot of his scenes are just him talking about how they're advertising it how they're marketing it how how he benefits from this knowing that it's not for him it's a show oh totally right and isn't that is that the line isn't that the one line in the fight yeah rocky thinks make it a good show well yeah he doesn't know this is a show. He thinks it's a fight or right. something like that. It's two completely different point of, points of view. Yeah. and But the thing is, like, Apollo's supposed to be the best fighter who's turned it into a show. Right. Rocky's just, like, the some schmo who's just trying to be the best fighter. Like, well, Apollo has, has become a businessman at this point, so yeah. it's all a business. Yeah, I mean, he's made so much money being the champ that what else – how do you take that to the next level? You're gonna you're gonna fight the best fighters. You're gonna have the best marketing yeah. in the best markets on TV. Get a cut. Get a big payday. And that's what I'm. I mean, I don't know anything about boxing in the seventies. Oh, you don't? Uh, no. But I only assume that the, this is really where things started taking off because I'm. And then it became such a thing in the eighties that. Oh yeah, I, I mean, mean you, boxing was huge, especially as you got into the Tyson era. Yeah, but so I mean, to to have a, I mean, so I mean, this is but but this is what Ali did, right? I mean, this is he was just a, a a monumental figure who knew how to cash in on that, right? Yeah. I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. So Apollo Creed's a natural uh, 
character to to have in your film. Uh, yeah, that. and he he just <clears throat> Carl Weathers really nailed the nailed the role. I agree. One <laughs> sorry, thousand, I drink. One thousand percent. So um, good job on and you know it's funny because I looked him up and then you know he did Rocky and then Carl Weathers did like a, just a bunch of guest appearances on TV for like two years like and then smart move. Well, it's just sort of like and then it, it, and then I guess you know he was in like Force Ten from Navarone, uh-huh. Rocky Two, then Rocky Two happened well, and yeah. then that was it. It changed everything. And uh, you know what he's ultimately known for? Um, I'm gonna go with uh, the comebacks. Action Jackson, Jackson no, no. <laughs> which is prime for a sequel. I hope we see that. That's from like late 80s, right? Yeah, about 87. Yeah. Yeah. Right at, it was a right after Predator, same year? Uh, <clears throat> same year or just after. Carl was, but, but like you said, he's underrated cuz like he is a he's he's a so true... over the top, he's so physical. Like mm-hmm. he's he really does such a Great job of sort of duplicating what Ali did. Yeah, and the, and he's as charming as Ali. Like oh, he's totally. A, yeah, like he he's got he's like a typical Hollywood person. He's got that it. Um, that yeah, you figure today he'd still be a bigger star. But I mean, he's a working actor. He works. He did a lot of the Chicago uh, TV shows, the oh Chicago yeah, PD and Fire yeah. and all that. Like recently, I mean, and it's just like he's worked every. He works all the time. Like, he was also in a little show called Arrested Development. If right. you haven't seen that, I yeah. highly recommend it. Yeah. Apparently, he's going to be in The Mandalorian. Oh, can't wait. Carl Weathers in The Mandalorian. Yeah. Everyone's in The Mandalorian. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> That's that new Star Wars show for, like, Freeform or whatever the hell. <laughs> the Disney streaming service. I don't know. Uh, so, what the movie was shot in... Let's talk about how that was made. We, we, the movie was shot in Philadelphia and Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you can see the iconic Philadelphia shots. Yep. Uh, the Museum of Art. Yep. All over the city. Uh, just everywhere. Mm-hmm. Temple um, University. Temple. I don't think Temple's in it. Sorry. Yeah. But they're downtown. They're in the uh, city oh, yeah. hall. Yeah, yeah. City hall. All the exterior shots were really done there, and then they moved to Los Angeles to do the, the fighting. You know, the actual fights. Fights. I think the ice rink also in L.A. That's true. Was that in L.A.? I can't remember. I actually. did. Re- well, I read a thing. Where it might. It might have been, but because because Sly knew a guy with a rink that they could film there cheap, so they just way to go, Sly. Because the original script called for like. Rocky and uh, Adrian to be like at a di- on a date like at a restaurant. Yeah. And then what's this, the director? John Avildsen. Avildsen was like, "This is this is a, this is going to be death." Like, yeah. They, they they need to do something. Yeah. Well, it's, it keeps it moving the whole time. It's yeah. it's uh it's a just something different. Well, and I mean, imagine that scene with that same dialogue, but him just talking at her at a table, right? And her not being reactive, like. Adrian's kind no, of no, thank you. Adrian's kind of insufferable as a viewer until she opens up. Like she's she's really difficult to deal with. Yeah, there's they're they're sort of extreme characters. I don't think she got the right. I don't know if she. I think you could have written her a little better to make her a little more like interesting for the audience. But it worked. I mean, it does. It's not that it doesn't work. It's just, yeah. It's I. I could see that it's a little hard to engage with her. Yeah. It's t- you don't. I don't get it. I don't. I don't get it until she's like a real person. Yeah. 
know what I mean? Like, I get he has eyes for her, but why? Why? Magic. That's what can you what can you say? Anyway. If it's there, it's there. But, yeah, like, Philly is a big part of this film. That's yeah. Especially, like, before it became... Before there was a lot of money thrown around, the gentrification of it, I think. Like, mm-hmm. this is the, the, the worst... Sort of the worst parts of it, the more rundown, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, lower middle class or uh, lower class parts of the town. Yeah. Um, and in those neighborhoods. And... Uh, but still a lot of uh, pr- Philly pride, I think. Through oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Philly... It, if Philly... The last resource that will be drained from Philadelphia is the sense of Philadelphia pride. <laughs> after the water is gone, after <laughs> that'll be the last thing. <laughs> the last thing will be Philly pride. Uh, we've got uh, so they shot the LA scenes in the Olympic Auditorium, all the boxing stuff. We've got the and uh, I don't know if it was the invention of, but the real first major usage of the Steadicam. Yeah, it was only uh, really another one other movie. It was in yeah, it was it was major. technically in a couple of movies. Um, it was in Marathon Man and Bound for Glory before this, mm-hmm. but this was the first movie that really exploited the not exploited but uh, showed how well you could use it. Yeah, like it probably went to the the most extreme of its use in terms yeah. of you know on the back of a truck or something when he's running. I think it was on a something bumpy road. Like that, like, yeah, and it just looks so smooth and you take it as a modern audience member you take it for granted that this was a technological marvel back then yeah, oh yeah. you didn't see anything big time smooth. yeah nothing like it right like my souffles <laughs> you love my souffles of course yeah <laughs> uh the music was a huge part of the movie bill conti bill conti we talked about uh, how many times are we going to mention Bill Conti on this show? I, how many times do you mention Bill Conti outside of Rocky? Uh, lots. No? Is that right? Maybe a few times. Like but. 10. Or less. But. 10 or less? Yeah. <laughs> 10 or less. Fair enough. Uh, but the, the music is like almost like another character in the movie. It, it's really what it dr- drives the emotional impact. Um, it really forces everything home with mm-hmm. you, you know? Uh, it's very highly motivational. Lots of people uh, use that music to work out to. Yes. I used to, <laughs> when I was in high school, so where I grew up, I had a uh, house that our front driveway was almost completely straight down. Okay. It was like very steep angle. Yeah. And when it snowed, it that would back up immediately. It would It would just start, you know, covering the whole driveway and i would have to go out and shovel it oh get rid of it and sometimes there was ice beneath it and it would be a, it'd be a whole deal yeah i would get my disc man mm-hmm. with my plug-in headphones and i would listen to the rocky uh score and soundtrack and get that that would motivate me to uh wow it was a little bit more i pictured more of the like montage from rocky four uh, okay of him like through the running through the snow, you know, and lifting stuff and there's that there's no easy way out. No easy way out. There's you, no, no well, there's home? A, there, I, there's no easy way out is a uh, there's no easy way out. You you nailed it perfectly. That's when he's reflecting on spoiler alert. 
just pausing so that uh, you can tune out if you haven't seen this. Uh, when Apollo uh, passes away and he right. knows he has to fight Drago and he's yeah. kind of reviewing all of that, that's that's when uh, that song happens. Oh, I see. Yeah. No, that's a that's a tight song. Yeah. I think I've worked out to that song at some point. Back we all have. <laughs> uh, who hasn't done that? <laughs> you have to. It's the definition of uh, workout music. <laughs> but, uh, but you're talking, you know, Rocky won with, what do you call it? The Flying High Now? What is it called? Yeah. With Flying High Now is a... Uh, is Go, Gonna Fly Now. Gonna Fly Now. Gonna Fly Now yeah. is the... Flying High Now. Gonna Fly Now. Gonna Fly, Fly, Fly. <laughs> <laughs> Trying Hard Now. Trying Hard. It's so hard now. Yeah. Trying Hard Now. Because could mean multiple things, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to keep it at Rocky. I don't know what's going on. Anyway. Might be sexual, but yeah, no. The, it's definitely it's 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 definitely a tune that pumps you up. Uh, you know the all the th- all the themes from the the film pumps you up. You're in. Yeah, the whole the the Rocky is known as times gone by, especially these days. Rocky is known for its soundtrack and its ability to motivate you and get you get your blood moving. You know, um, it's kind of an ultimate workout soundtrack. Whether you're talking the ultimate workout soundtrack <laughs> brought to you by Bill Conti. <laughs> Here he is now, Bill. Tell us about it. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> you can get my greatest hits, like "Gonna Fly Now." A great uh, home shopping network uh, <laughs> yeah. infomercial. But uh, yeah, no, I. But but Conti like does such a great job of ranging the emotions. I mean, he does he does the the training montage theme, and like I was saying before, the the sad kind of lonely quiet moments, which is most of the movie. Like that's the thing you're. It's most of that first movie. Yeah, yeah the most of Rocky One is is his sad lonely life, and. Uh, um, the music just underscores all of it. I, I read too that they got Bill Conti because he was the cheapest. Like he, yeah, he was the most affordable true. guy. And w- imagine like, coming up with like three iconic tracks, three iconic songs from one film that won the Oscar. Like shit. Sometimes like, when when you're at the bottom, all you can do is claw to the top. Thanks, Rocky. Is that what Rocky said once? I I think I, I just think said, said it. I think he said that in Rocky. Yeah, he Rocky three seven. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you know you at the bottom, you know, claw yourself up, you know. Uh, but the go on. One of the themes for the film is is the value of self worth, and that's that's really what that's what Rocky is going after like he's really trying to prove that he he's valuable like he means something Mm -hmm. whether it's just to himself or to the people in general like he's not just a waste he's not just garbage he's not just a guy who should be thrown out of his locker he should be he has more to offer than that yeah but he he what's great about this is of the time something you probably wouldn't see a lot of i think there's a lack of like, like not ent- a lack of entitlement. I think it's like oh, the yeah. lack that he yeah. d- th- this idea that he deserves something more. I mean, he deserves more as maybe sort of a human being with dignity, mm-hmm. but he doesn't. He's not supposed believing there that he should be 
the greatest of anything or the best of it. That his basic dignity should be: I should have a locker where I work out. Yeah, I should be able to make a little bit of money to afford. I'm my a human. Apart. Yeah, like like because he's treat, living a almost subhuman life. Yeah, like, like the entire time. No one likes Rocky. He's not doing anything that he deserves to be treated like shit. And in the beginning, that's what he feels like Mickey is doing to him by kicking him out of his locker is that, yeah. um, you know, he's not a human being. He's just dirt. He's just trash. He should be thrown out to the street. And the fact that it's in- always interesting to me that Mickey was so anti-Rocky in the beginning. Well, you know, we don't know much about Mickey. You well, know? He- and it doesn't make you – know, it's just like he- – right. What, the thing is, no one pays attention to Rocky, and when they do, they all think he's a bum. Well, and, and, and he and does it, nothing to disprove that. I think there's a world where Mickey did see something with him, but it's been so long, and Rock, nothing, Rocky hasn't done anything with himself. That why why invest in this guy? Well, there and, and I think there is the one scene where where Rocky does confront him, um, and Mickey does have a point. He says, you know, you had some talent, you didn't do anything with it, and then you became a leg breaker for a two bit. You know, yeah. two bit uh, sharp. Our friend Joe Spinell. Yeah, so I think without having to see it, Rocky, Rocky had to do what he had to do to survive, and Mickey sort of saw that as a moral choice that he couldn't abide. So he wasn't going to waste any more time on mm-hmm. the guy. You know, whether Rocky started working for Spinell probably within the last couple of months, or Mickey finally was like, "F this guy. He's yeah, out, he's out of my gym." You know. He's just he's just he's doing nothing with his life. Yeah, obviously, Mickey and Rocky both made mistakes in terms of where. Rocky well, they're flawed characters intentionally. Yeah, that's just because everyone makes mistakes. Like they don't they don't know what the best choice is going to be. Yeah, and Rocky's kind of a humble, decent guy, but he doesn't he doesn't push. He doesn't go for no anything and, big. Yeah, you know? and that's that's. A flaw, you know, like he didn't shoot for the stars. He didn't. He just did the best he could in being an average boxer. That's it. So the movie came out. How did it do? I think it uh, makes some. We're talking bo. Well, I think we should. Uh, you know what? Let's let's do it. Let's talk okay, some bo. Let's talk some bo. What do we got? So it was made for how much? So it was the. It cost a million, one million dollars to make this movie. Oh my gosh! Yeah. You you'd think that I know it sounds like a lot, but back then it uh, for this kind of movie like yeah. that was pretty low budget. Yeah, that's a low budget movie back then, um, and then made it back. Well, they shot it. They shot it between January and March, nineteen seventy six. We talked about they shot it in Philadelphia, yeah. out on the street in L A at the Olympic Auditorium. Uh, it came out in uh, November twenty first, nineteen seventy six. It was the oh, it you know it's a little hard to track the actual box office for this year for some reason. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not totally clear if it was number one at the box office. I'm pretty sure it was. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, it had a five million dollar opening weekend. Mm. So in this day, I, I'm it had to have been number one. Probably. Probably good. Uh, it grossed 117 million domestic, another 107 worldwide. It was the what rank was it in 1976? Mm, like oh, oh, overall box office. Overall, yeah, oh, yeah. Probably top when five. You, when you add, oh, certainly. Oh, 
Top three? Uh, try again. Top two? Give me one more. Top one? It's the highest grossing movie in 1976? Wrong. It was number nine. Oh, shit. No. It was number one. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes hand over fist money. Hand over fist. Uh, of the whole franchise, it's uh, number three ranking, as far as money goes. Oh yeah, of the well, of actual totals, yeah. Yeah, of grand totals, yeah. Because like I was looking at like if you adjust the inflation, mm-hmm. which is a classic stat, uh, it's number one for adjusted gross. Where it, if it's right. one hundred seventeen, that's that's half a billion dollars in today's money. Yeah. And so, and then if you consider the worldwide's another 107 million, that means this is a billion dollar worldwide movie made in 20, made for five million in today's yeah, money. Like, yeah. Buh? <laughs> uh, what? Good. So, consider what what Sylvester Stallone could pay for a house when he's getting points on the back end. On yeah. A, on a movie. Screw like, him. I hate him. Stallone. Oh. <laughs> Very cool. Lots of money. Do you know which? Can I? I'll tr- play a little trivia game with you, Please. you son of a gun. Okay. Well, like- if Rocky was the number three uh, ranking financially of the Rocky franchise, what was number four? <laughs> with, with okay, so Rocky's the third ranking yeah, money. I threw a curveball at you. Not so you don't want to know what the number one. No, is. No, I don't want to know. Not at this moment. I might change my mind. What's number four of the franchise in dollars? I'm gonna go. It wouldn't be five or four because those are those are hits, like huge hits. Two. Wouldn't you two. like to know? That's what. That's the whole point. <laughs> what was number one? I'm gonna go with Rocky. Four. Got it. Ah, you got it. That was huge. You know, you know where the money is. Everybody. What money's... about number two? Uh, five. Dead wrong. Oh, shit. way wrong. Okay, couldn't be more wrong. All right, I don't know. I thought I don't. I don't actually. I have no idea the commercial success of five. Like uh, I thought it not that well. It oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Number number two is Rocky three. Oh baby. And then Rocky the original. Rocky classic. Original. Classic. So then after that, are we talking Balboa or Creed? After three. Wouldn't you like to know? Yeah, that's why I'm asking. That's I don't the know. Whole point. <laughs> it doesn't matter after that. <laughs> but They're you all just asked same. me what number four was. I know. I just want to see if you knew. Did you want Rocky four or number four? No, number four. <laughs> I'm thinking like Creed. Or, or... <laughs> I think it's Creed. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even know. It doesn't matter. Who You're cares? You're trash at this. <laughs> You're so bad at numbers. Oh well, it helps God. when you research before, yeah. which I didn't do. I could have called this up on the internet. Call it. Okay, you Rocky, have too many cues in there. Rocky four, number one. Rocky three, number two. Rocky number three. Right. Creed number four. That's what I said. <laughs> I said that. <laughs> Excuse me. I have a feeling. Just Creed didn't two, go on air. I feel like I feel like Creed two will probably overtake it as as we speak. Creed two has still been in theaters for. I don't. I don't think Creed Two is doing as well as Creed. It's not doing as well, but it's it as of this weekend, as of. I think people were wary about Creed. So I that, think Creed that, Two. I think Creed Two's reviews are not as good as Creed One. 
I think Creed one is more critically res- uh, respected. The word, the only word on the street. I go out the street okay. and I, I I read film when I go out to the street. Okay, I it. feel it. I I I know what people are thinking, what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. The people. Yeah. And Creed two is directly tied in with Rocky four. What do you mean? The storyline two. I'm gonna David Creed two back is up with tied me. Into Rocky back four. up with me and listen. What do you mean? Oh, because he's fighting Drago's kid. Creed two. I'm not spo- spoiler alert. That's in the trailer. I'm assuming Creed two is directly tied in with Rocky four, which is the most successful Rocky ever. Yes. So yeah, uh, run, don't walk. To the theater. To the theater. David will meet you outside the theater. He's got free passes. I've got the movie he pass. Will, yep. He's going <laughs> to hand it to you. Just run, grab it, and go. I don't know. I may not see Creed 2. Maybe on rental. Well, well, I like yeah. Creed, though. Creed's fun. I don't know what's wrong with you. Rank all the Rocky movies. Ready? Me, personally? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Top seven. Top eight Don't Rocky rush movies. me, but I'm going through it on my own pace. Yeah, I mean... Use your calculator brain. One. Go. Yes. Two. Oh, yeah. Rocky Balboa. Yes. Now, as far as the Rocky character goes. We include all the movies. <laughs> Creed. Oh, so Creed's four of eight. Top half, and you don't care for the movie. Three. That's how trash all the other No, but I love the it. character. Oh, but you love Rocky. I love the rock. I love what they do with the Rocky character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rocky three, three, yeah, four. Uh-huh. Without having seen it, Creed two, Creed two, probably. And then there's nothing to talk about after that. <laughs> Rocky five number eight. No, nope, never happened. All right, got it. All right, I still have to see Rocky Balboa and Creed two, but um, I definitely recommend. Most I, of that aligns I'm, I'm, with me. Actually, currently, That's I'm fine. sitting here a little frustrated at you Why? that you've seen Creed and didn't see Rocky Balboa because I know I should have seen. There's it. elements at play between the because two. like he did Rocky Balboa and Rambo within like 18 months of yes. each other, and I was like, screw this, <laughs> no. Yeah. Anti, oh, you're just going back to the well. Anti-authority, anti-authority Munchak. Give me a break. We're we're in the age of reboots. That was a great show in the 80s. Kiss my ass. <laughs> give me give me a break. Give me a break. Right. <laughs> I do want to see Rocky Balboa. I'm going to look it up. I think it's on my Sports Illustrated TV subscription. <laughs> Did you order that through your Sports Illustrated phone? <laughs> yeah. Your football phone. My football phone. <laughs> but let's go back. Let's look at you know what continuing the about? numbers. Uh, it ranked number three of the Rocky franchise financially. Sure, sure. It was uh, it was nominated for ten Oscars. Nom nom nom. No, yeah, ten noms. <laughs> <laughs> I love that word. Nom noms. <laughs> Time for the noms. ten noms. <laughs> so uh, it's so variety. Oh yeah. But also, did you me. read the Daily Variety? They talked about all the noms that nom. Rocky got. <laughs> When I walk into a buffet, though, I get the noms. And it won three of those noms. It won three Oscars. Go ahead. Best hair. Mm. Wait, Kurt Kurt Russell isn't in this movie. No, he's not. He didn't. No, best uh, director. uh, Yes. Best 
picture, obviously. Yep, got that. And uh, best screenplay? Screenplay? Incorrect. It was nominated for screenplay. Shit. Best. Uh, I honestly don't know. Editing. Oh, well, shit. Because okay. of the montage. Come on. The montage. The Which, montage. We're going to talk about the... the in, can we talk we'll about the fight the, scenes and the montage? We'll get to the. We'll get to. <laughs> funny, we did a whole podcast on Rocky and barely talked about yeah, the fight well, scene. Well, the movie isn't about the fight scenes. So. Right. The fight. The, it's the, a the love final story. fight's like 11 minutes. It's a the, love story. The and first fight's like four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a love letter to Philadelphia. Can I just talk about 1976 <laughs> where we're talking about Oscar nominations? Uh, Huge what a year. fucking field Are you it kidding? was. This is one of those years that it's like. There was a tremendous amount of great fucking movies that that uh, this beat them out, and you can argue that. Yeah, is Rocky really better than Taxi Driver? No, they're different yes, movies. They're but, just so different. I don't know. But just hear, hear me out. What did the, it go up? These against? are the movies that came out against Rocky for whatever various awards, but in general, yeah. Taxi Driver, shit. N- Network. Shit. All the President's Men. Oh, my God. The Omen. What? The Outlaw Josie Wales. No. Marathon Man. Come on. Carrie. One of the best years in film since I've been alive. Unbelievable. Yeah. What? That is like an all-star list. It's... uh, That's unbelievable. Yeah. It's really amazing. And Rocky, Rocky being the more Hollywood... Version, I could understand how that would uh, politically just to be different and be a little more back to the old Hollywood. But it's nice to have an. A, I think Rocky is a a story of because it's that optimistic sort of story. I think it's it's got to be the uh, an antidote to yeah to that. I it's mean, like it's sort of you, counter counter I don't know counteracting. Uh, yeah, the movies of the time. Like it's not. It's nice to have something that's a little more uflifting and and you know, this human story that that goes against. The, yeah, he's a flawed Absolutely. guy, but he's not like this antihero or villain or you know just sort of all the, down on his luck. Guy. All those other movies that I listed are all very intense, very deep yeah. movies, and this is. Um, I wouldn't say it's as emotionally deep as some of the other ones. Yeah, uh, but. It it's a fantastic movie. Could this be a counter to how the Academy overcompensates the, from the previous year, where Cuckoo's Nest won the year before, and now okay, Cuckoo's Nest great, yeah, definitely dessert, but like you're not going to vote for the next Cuckoo's Nest. No, right? I think I think this is one of those. It's almost like a sign of the '80s mm. that uh, like. All right, this is a nice like Hollywood happy ending. We could have a lighter fare. Yeah, a like, human we story, could do but this. It's, it's with a positive thing. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, all right. So, congratulations. <laughs> Way to go, Rocky! You did it. <laughs> uh, the critics uh, mostly loved this movie. Most of the reviews were really positive. Roger Ebert loved it. That's what mostly we care about here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and several other reviewers thought that Stallone was kind of the new Brando. He was such a real gritty character that they, I don't know if they couldn't tell that he was acting or if it was just his natural charisma yeah. coming out. Hmm. 
I think it's natural charisma. Yeah, I mean he's got that in droves. He can't. Oh yeah. Oh, pff, if, you get, if you could bottle that, what would you call it? Sly. <laughs> Sly by Kelvin Klein. <laughs> <laughs> I keep derailing us. Who you? Yeah. No. It's me too. We're just tired and it's a long night. I mean, so. it's the TikTok baby. Clock's going off soon. We got to get back to the party. We're at about one hour and 53 minutes. Right. I'm lying. It's one hour and 31 minutes. Oh, good. Well, we could still wrap it up yeah. soon. Yeah. Um, so Ebert loved the movie. Uh, a lot of other reviewers love the film. Yeah. Vincent Canby, Canby of the New York Times. He didn't really like it. He called it kind of make believe and fantasy and Oh yeah, I read um, that review. It's yeah. Like, it's kinda of harsh. <laughs> it is really like, like especially kinda, when you look at it now, it's like take dial it back. Like, take relax, it easy. Guy. <laughs> Have fun. Like, <laughs> like uh, I know I'm sure you're into all these gritty dark seventies films, but just it's okay to have a popcorn movie. And I mean, if and if this is the popcorn movie of the seventies, like God bless him, like shit, it's what a the dire mo- time the most for everyone. Deep emotional, like popcorn movie there is. Yeah, it's not like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, one of my favorite popcorn movies. Marvel. He's talking about Marvel again. Uh, but this, um, I don't think the intention was to create a franchise here, but they certainly did. Yes. Rocky back, two, back three, then, four, five, Balboa. Back then, they probably called them a. Is it a series? Um, I the guess, Rocky series, yeah, just a sequel you, here and there. I think you call them franchises at that point. And you know the the lasting legacy of this movie is is uh, is huge. I mean this this movie resonates on an athletic level at, at a minimum. Uh, yeah, there's some running and shit. Who's running? Punching. No, just like there <laughs> are. I think you find a lot of athletes who find this movie oh. motivate you know, as oh. a motivational thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. Right. Like me and shoveling my driveway. Well, yeah. I, I. If that. If if this. If this man can do this, what can you do? All I need to hear this or is, see is a montage, and I am motivated. Before Nike commercials were a thing, this is what most athletes watch to be inspired. Rocky. Rocky. They watch yeah. Rocky, but now they watch Nike commercials <laughs> on a loop. But the the montage is one of the major contributions of this film. There have been montages before this. A lot of, a lot of it actually used in Russian cinema. Oh, yeah. Uh, but this was like the first sort of like Hollywood version of a montage. And this was perfection. Each movie, each Rocky movie perfected. I mean, it's the Rocky montage. So mm-hmm. many people talk about it that you could uh, get an emotional reaction out of people just with this quick build. Yeah. And it's not about a montage as far as time passing by. Yeah. It's more of meant to elicit an emotional response. Of emotionally getting behind him or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. So that's that's sort of an, an important hmm. piece that the movie left behind. And there's the montage was really changed forever after after Rocky. Oh, I see. Yeah. Hugely influential. Yeah. Huge. You can communicate a lot 
through quick cuts and great music. If done right. Done well, yeah. Got it. I'm sure there's a bunch of shitty, obvious, fake montages out there, but... I wouldn't know what they are. I don't watch bad movies. <laughs> you only watch stuff with the Marvel logo that starts in the beginning. Marvel Studios with the flipping comic book. And you're... Oh, yeah, I'm there. I love it. Yeah, so un- unforgettable. Uh, the sequels range sort of in quality. We talked a little bit about them, but... Yeah, garbage. Mostly garbage. couple good ones in there. There's like three good Rocky movies, according to you. Can you name them? Reflecting back on our episode. One, two, Rocky Balboa. After that, garbage. Three out of eight. You got it. <laughs> what a franchise. Three and four are not garbage. They're just different. <laughs> three out of eight. That's basically Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> not only separately from the movies... We created the comic a, books. No, amazing. No, no. Oh. Well, the we did the get TV a TV series. We did get a a very brief GI Joe action figure. Oh, really? Apparently, they released this action figure. It was a like you could you would buy GI Joes. You'd get the proof of purchase and mail them in. Yeah, you get your bonus. That's how I got my Sergeant Slaughter. Yes, and it was, it was at the same time they had a Rocky Balboa one. Oh shit! And apparently, the deal was not finalized for all this oh my god so it was advertised and not and i think a couple people got like early versions of the toy like a non-finished version and that's it is it just him with in his trunks and gloves yeah i feel like i can picture in my head i have a i have a i collect little known fact i have a collection of gi joe comics and uh there's in the comics well there's an there's a there's a uh like a four-part issue called the order of battle and they just list out all the toy characters that had come out to that point and they list rocky balboa and they have a whole like plot description what and the toy like never really came out holy so holy cow yeah i feel like i've seen the advertisement for that or the yeah the yeah or whatever that's nuts but there was marketing everywhere there was the action figures which i actually do have rocky and clever lang and apollo <laughs> creed sure. and uh the original Sega had a Rocky video game. The Master System? Yes. Got it. Yeah. Huh. And then PS2 came out with a Rocky video game that was fantastic. Ooh. You basically played as Rocky. You progressed through his whole career, meaning every fight that takes place in all of the movies, you do that. You have to fight. And oh what, like, God. it starts, you fight Spider Rico. When you beat Spider Rico, you unlock Spider Rico. You could also play as him. Okay. And it goes through all the montages, like in even in Rocky three and four. Yeah. Uh, all those guys that you see the newspaper headings, like you fight those guys, oh, and when you beat them, you unlock that character. Yeah. <clears throat> My favorite was not only could you unlock the Rocky statue. So you could actually uh, box as Rocky statue. statue. You could unlock Mickey. Oh my god! So boxes I did. I like to do Mickey versus the Rocky statue. That was my favorite. That sounds fun and indulgent. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but the sign of a very successful franchise. Uh, all those movies have done really well. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Does Rocky hold up now when you watch it in 2018? There's probably 
two or three different things that don't work in a modern context anymore. Uh, one would be the fight scenes where the Foley is so poor that, and because the fight scenes are, they were limited in the amount of time they could shoot, a lot of the fake, you know, the punches are all fake. They're not connecting. And so there's just so many angles where there are just punches that do not land. And then there's no Foley for the punches that are supposed to land. That it's it's like watching it on HBO where you're just assuming those hits are happening, mm-hmm. but it looks like they're dodging every time. Like like every jab to Rocky or like I, the sound is sort of the like which I'm assuming is like the air coming out of the, the boxing glove or something. But those are supposed to be hits on the or face. just like the, the the glove cutting through the air. Yeah, like, and I'm just like like a wiffle bat. But there's no indication like oh like so it, it show it it shows to me like how uh, an action sequence has changed that. You need to sweeten that stuff up because I had to rely almost halfway through the fight with Apollo Creed. I had to rely on the announcer saying, oh, my God, he connects again. And connects. I'm like, but he's taking a punch. Well, there's they, no blood. There's yeah. no. It, they so, knew they knew there was a reason they needed Stu Nahan and Bill Baldwin doing the commentary. Yeah. Like they needed to kind of guide you through there. Yeah. They had to. The, so it, it was it was. But, you know, I'm spoiled by. You know any action sequence of the last twenty five years of, I mean even Indiana Jones when he punched they did a loud cartoon oh. punch like it was no, like you, breaking you, celery over your knee. The only like, the only punch like, that mirrors the Indiana Jones punch to the face uh-huh. is the Jock Ewing punch to the face in the TV show Dallas. Oh, oh yeah, is it just the, a laugh? It's just a it's just a really hard punch. Uh-huh. Like that sound effect is just like. Oh man, that that fucking hurt. <laughs> um, so that so the punches not landing and not looking good. The punches not sounding good. Um, and then and honestly, it, it's the, the date with Adrian when he takes her back to his apartment. She she resists. She wants to go home, and she makes it clear like fifteen to twenty times, mm-hmm. and he ignores every time. He's being charming. He's not trying to be... He's not too aggressive. Right. But, I mean, he doesn't respect anything she says the entire time. No, and that's a... That's a especially that's in today's... Yeah. yeah, today's age. It's... She's put a wall up. He knows that she... He at least senses and acts on that, that yeah. she does want him. But he is not respectful of her boundaries. Well... And I'll, and I'll be honest, if there was a clue that she was, like, she's uncomfortable being there but wants him and indicated somehow in a look, in a feeling, in a in the way her voice modulated anything, I would buy it. But she just doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And she's being polite. She's doing what women of in 1975 would do. Don't make him, don't make him mad. Just be just polite. Just, and then, okay, like... And of course, like when you're in a weird situation, and then if you kiss someone and you feel something, you fall into that, and mm-hmm. it's it's natural, it's consensual, it's fine. But I mean, he he holds the door shut, and after her putting up protestations, I mean, literally twenty times. Yeah, I'm not comfortable here. I don't belong here. I need to go home. I want to go home. I want to go home. And she's not being aggressive. She's not being paranoid. She's not being scared. She's being polite, kind. So. Uh, I'm not going to hold it against the movie. It is of its time. 
particularly when oh, it was made. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And and Rocky is not some lascivious stalker creep. creep. Yeah. It, it, so it works with this thing. It's a, it's as if he just he just knows that she loves him. Yeah. And she, he's forcing it out of her. Yeah, like he's forcing because her because she's too afraid to. Yeah. As though it's his job to to and, make her admit it. And so, in the. Yeah. This is not reality, but in the long run of that character, it's like she need. This Go is ahead. just going to come out totally wrong, I know, but, but <laughs> uh, in the world of this movie, it was like she needed to be. She needed that love to be pulled, you know, pulled from her. Right. Um, As though, yeah, because because she's... because of whatever her background was with Polly yeah. and her an abu- a potentially abusive family, yeah. she would just never. Um, let the the love that she feels for Rocky, she would never let it out unless she was really motivated, which is what he's trying to do. I think is what they're going for. Totally get it. Yeah, like yeah. especially like her relationship with her brother is like they love each other. She he you know when he acts out and takes a bat and almost tries to like he totally abusive out of his mind, and it's like not okay. But that's just what their relationship was. Mm-hmm. But like, she loves her brother. But that's how her brother treats her. Right? How can she love a man? And a, she's just going to assume that this yeah. guy is great. totally works if you really just give a minute of thought. Yeah. Totally. Like, so it's fine. You would never shoot. You would never write it this way today, and that's okay. Um, yeah, but, it's a product of its time for sure. So knowing that, yeah, the movie completely holds up. <laughs> it's totally fine, as is. I think we can acknowledge the things that don't work. I, mm. my, my stuff is the technical kind of problems with the, uh, as I mentioned, but also this very glaring uh, socio- social kind of thing of, of men and women. But other than that, I mean, it's fine. Like, I don't think Philadelphia needed another reason to have a, a big head about themselves. They already... They had the they Too had the late. revolution. They had the bicentennial. They have Will Chamberlain and Joe. They're Frazier. always talking about that bicentennial. They talk about it every all the time, and it was like, but their biggest their biggest like sports heroes is Rocky and Will Chamberlain. Like, oh, God, what else do you need? What do you, like, didn't the Eagles went to the Super Bowl once? Did they win? I don't care. <laughs> God, imagine if they were. Oh man, it's like. Well, oh. Before you get too riled up, let's, uh, we're, we're going to wrap up. Should we get tonight. out of here? It, get... The the clock has has ticking. Oh my down. God. Yeah, it is ticking down. I got to get to the party, and it, we got to we got to go. We got a New Year's Eve of the party in the conference the conference conference room. room with all our friends, families, interns, and yeah. their parents. Ek is here. Curtis is here. Party on. Uh, check in with us. Follow our uh, Facebook page, our Instagram page, our. Twitter page. Yeah, all that shit. All of it. <laughs> Tweeted us. We love to hear from you guys. What do you feel? How do you feel about Rocky? Do you feel uh, Rocky is number one? Uh, Rocky, the first movie is the number one movie. Is number four your number one movie? What do you think? Let us know. I must break you. <laughs> I must break you. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> uh, give us the uh, head on over to the iTunes. Give us that old five-star review. Let us know you love us. Help us get a little more exposure if you can. And, uh, and tell your friends. Yeah. We're going to be back in a couple of weeks. We're heading 
directly into 2019. Yeah. We can't wait for you to come with us. We're have a great uh, year. Yeah. Can't wait. Have a happy new year, guys, and we will see you in 2019.